evening to one and all. My name is Saurabh and I'm your host for the PGC weekly podcast session today. I would like to start the podcast series by paying my respects to the Bidjigal and Gadigal peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands where each of our UNSW campuses are located and all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, elders past, present and emerging and their communities who have shared and practiced their teachings over thousands of years. We recognize the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, ongoing leadership and contributions, including to business, education, and industry. Today, we have got Professor Tracy Wilcox as our guest speaker. As an academic director of the postgraduate programs at UNSW Business School, she is responsible for the strategic leadership development and management of postgraduate coursework programs at the UNSW Business School. She has also been highly facilitating outstanding learning experiences and outcomes for students, developing an environment that promotes continuous improvement in educational performance and ensuring that UNSW business programs are recognized by students and employers as leaders. Professor Tracy is a passionate educator, educational leader and researcher with a particular interest in responsible management education, ethics and sustainability. Her research explores business ethics, education, organization theory and HRM ethics. Also, let me just remind you that this podcast is not just about Professor Tracy and myself, but it is for everyone who is listening to us through Zoom or Facebook Live or watching us on YouTube later on. We would be happy to raise any questions which come throughout the session and even after the session is over. Now, looking at the topic of discussion for today, that is responsible business. Firstly, we might need to answer this very important question of what a responsible business might look like. Now, more than ever, there is a growing importance for companies to ramp up their focus on social responsibility. And social responsibility in simple terms means a business obligation to pursue achievable and good long-term goals for its people and the world at large. Socially responsible business leaders will most likely stay committed to their vision and to the fact that there is no other way to operate. And they will not compromise the values and principles on which the business was founded. So my first question is now on this fact, which lays the foundation for our discussion today, Professor Tracy, is how can businesses contribute to the greater good, thus making a difference in the society and environment? I just unmute myself. Um, great, that's a great question because I think um, sometimes we don't think about the fact that businesses are actually very powerful institutions in our society. And in some cases, businesses have higher revenues than the GDP of countries like Australia. So they're very powerful economically, they're very powerful politically, and they can shape um, regulations and laws uh, in any way they like. And they also across national boundaries because uh, many organisations operate in a global marketplace, so they're not confined into any one country. So they're very powerful. So then we ask ourselves, well, how can they use that power to, to make a better world and how can they use it to create, uh, to strive for the kind of things that you're talking about, the, the greater good? 
And I think um, there are a number of ways that, that they can do that. Um, the first is in their marketplace activities. So how they actually um, act in the marketplace. So in terms of how they um, produce their products and market their products, um, is their advertising uh, ethical? Is it, is it um, going to lead to human flourishing? And I'd like to give you a really nice example of a business that created um, a better world through its actions. And that, that's the example of the pharmaceutical company Merck. Um, many years ago now, there was a devastating illness called river blindness that affected people in tropical countries. So in Latin America and in Africa in particular. And this was a terrible disease because you had a parasite that would get inside you and, and sort of grow and people would, would die a very painful death. Now, the scientists in Merck realised that one of the drugs they had for horses called ivermectin actually may have the capacity to overcome this disease. So they went to the CEO and they said, we would like to have lots of money so we can develop and trial this drug for humans. Um, they, and he said, well, okay, so what kind of profit will we make from it? And, um, and they said nothing because these people are in very poor communities. Um, well, what, you know, how, how, what then will be the benefit? And they, he said, there's no benefit to us. Um, but how can we not do it? Because we know that this can actually really change people's lives for the better. So, um, so the company went ahead and they developed the drug. They found it very effective. They then had to work with the World Health Organization because they couldn't actually sell it in shops to these people. They had to distribute it in these remote river communities. So, so they then put more money into, into working out a distribution system with WHO. And as a result, they, they cured this disease. And if any of you ever go to Geneva, uh, you can look outside the World Health Organization and you'll see a statue commemorating this work. So um, Merck's response was, how can we not do this? We know that we can benefit society and, and create a greater good. And, and I think that's a really lovely example. Um, other examples of businesses um, creating a better world are if you look uh, in, and you can look at find these on the internet, but they're called benefit corporations or B Corps. And that's a certification system for um, companies who are actually making the world a better place in terms of their workplace practices, their environmental practices. Um, and you can, you can actually see a whole bunch of, of organisations that have been certified that way. So I, th I think how they work in the marketplace is important. How they work in the workplace is, is very important when it comes to corporate responsibility. So, you know, how are human rights respected um, in the way that the products are made or distributed in their supply chain? Um, how, uh, how a company works in the community. And it's, a, it's more than just donating money to a local charity. It's about actually thinking about the impact you have on the community and how you can partner with community members. And then finally, it's how you, how you impact in the environment. So what are you doing to help make a better world through your environmental actions? So I think in all of those areas, um, businesses can contribute to a better world. Um, and, and it's really up to us to continue to encourage them to do that. I think it is very fantastic. Uh, the examples that you shared, uh, Professor Tracy, related to Merck, uh, and also the fact that you share that uh, it's very important for the businesses to not only think about themselves, but also try to create a value which benefits the society and the environment in large. Now, 
Talking about another aspect here, which is related to the corporate social responsibility, which seems to be the new hot term in the market these days. So the competition in the business world of today is quite stiff and it can be quite challenging for a company to set itself apart in the eyes of customers and investors. However, businesses that take social responsibility seriously can actually win consumers as well as they can develop a platform to the market and earn their audience attention. But can CSR really improve customers' perception? That's the very important question that can CSR actually lead to some sort of affection towards your brand or some sort of attraction towards your brand? What do you think on this, Professor Tracy? Look, I, I think that's that's a great question. And I, I think many organisations and, and many companies are actively promoting their corporate responsibility actions, their, their responsible practices, not just in the social sphere, but also in the environmental sphere. So you see that many companies have sustainability reports or they have corporate responsibility reports where they're, they're actually proudly showing the steps that they've taken in those fields, in the workplace, the marketplace, the community, the environment, um, and, and showing the differences that they make and there has been it's interesting the research there's been some research that's shown that consumers are prepared to pay more for a product that has been made responsibly or a service that's been made responsibly so and and there's been some research that by Nielsen that show how, exactly how much more they will pay and it's it's it, it, many customers are happy to pay more so there's 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 that kind of as we get a more educated consumer group we do get these pay, these consumers that are actually willing to pay more but but there's also the impact on the reputation and the brand of of a positive responsible practice um, and, and a business that, that practices responsibly. Um, and I mean, you can think about organisations that have suffered terrible uh, impacts on their reputation and their brand as a result of their actions. So in Australia, for example, not so long ago, um, mining company Rio Tinto blew up um, a very, very important, archaeologically important cave site that showed that um, Aboriginal Australians had been in Australia Australia for thousands and thousands of years, and these were these were so important to um, to the world to have these. Um, now the reputation of that company plummeted. They were under immense pressure from institutional investors to change their practices, and and the CEO ended up losing their job. Um, another example of how the market will, uh, in terms of, will, will punish companies that don't do the right thing is the example of Cambridge Analytica which is a company that used to take uh, data that came from Facebook uh, without people's consent and use it to shape behaviours and influence the outcomes of elections. So it influenced the 2016 American election, it influenced the Brexit vote and a whole lot of others. Um, now there's a, there's a lovely movie called The Great Hack that talks about that. But um, Cambridge Analytica is not with us anymore. So the, the company's lost its social license to operate. Um, and as a result, um, it collapsed. So, so I think that that reputational impact is so important, both on the side of doing the right thing, but also if you do the wrong thing, um, you, you can lose uh, the trust of the market, you can lose the trust of your stakeholders, um, and you can, you can lose, your, lose your company, lose your social license to operate. 
I think that's so true, uh, Professor Tracy, that um, most of the students might already be aware of this example of Cambridge Analytica because it got so popular at that time of the 2016 US elections and the kind of impact it had um, just because of one thing, the company's name can go down. It was a great example for everyone in that case. But research also shows that employees of businesses that prioritize CSR or corporate social responsibility are generally happier and more fulfilled. In fact, 80% of the employees report feeling more purpose when they believe their work makes a difference in the world. And that simple sense of purpose is, I guess, essential to employ loyalty and dedication. And when personally fulfilled, people are less vulnerable to fatigue and stress as well. So they are also more likely to stay with the company. What do you think on this, uh, Professor Tracy? Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point. I mean, we think about consumers as a group of stakeholders, but let's not forget that employees are vital stakeholders to any organisation. And there's lots of research that show um, that not just, not just a positive impact um, of responsible practices on uh, employee wellbeing, but also on their engagement, so employee engagement um, and what we call organisational citizenship behaviours, which are a willingness to go the extra mile, a willingness to help your colleagues, a willingness, engaged employees are far more likely to be innovative and solve problems. And, and so it becomes, you know, in your race for great employees to attract and retain good employees, it becomes a really important part of, of how you work. So um, not just in your, the way you treat employees, but also the way that you act in those other spheres. Um, you know, corporate responsibility has so much of an impact on positive employee outcomes. So I think it's great that you raise that point. If I also look at some of the other benefits, uh, Professor, that some of the benefits of companies focusing towards this very concept of responsible business, it may also include attracting new investors, as we just talked, uh, new consumers willing to pay more for socially responsible products and making these firms more marketable. What do you think can be the other benefits to these companies when they practice socially responsible or sustainable practices, or if you want to elaborate on what you stated before? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think I think there are certainly um, what we might call extrinsic benefits to companies um, in the sense that, uh, you know, there is this higher consumer attraction to the organisation. There is um, a, a better relationships with your employees and, and higher levels of employee engagement. Um, but also let's think about all of the stakeholders. So let's let's think about the community and how communities, for example, um, view organisations that do the right thing. Um, and you'd much rather have a community that supports you than one where all the locals are out protesting against you, um, you know, every time you, you make a, a decision. So I, I think um, community support is really important. But beyond the benefits, Saurabh, I think we also have to talk about the responsibilities and the duties. So sometimes 
companies need to do the right thing because it's their duty to do the right thing. There may not be anything in it for them. You know, maybe they might decide they can save money by causing a whole lot of pollutants um, to go into the local river system from their factory or their mine. Now, they might not get anything out of um, doing the right thing in terms of money. They, in fact, they have to spend money to treat their water and make sure that it's contained. But it is their duty not to harm their stakeholders that we're talking about here. And so that's an ethical, so there's, there's business arguments for corporate responsibility, but there's also ethical arguments for corporate responsibility. And I think we need to remember those because sometimes a company won't make unlimited profits um, by doing the right thing. Sometimes they have to do it because they are a powerful institution and they have a responsibility to their stakeholders not to harm them. And I, and I think that's very important to remember. Yep, that's absolutely true, Professor Tracy. Um, but as you see that every uh, good thing also has a bad side to it. Uh, so I would also like to ask you something related to the other side of the coin, where some critiques question the concept of social responsibility in marketing, noting that these highly publicized expensive campaigns are colorful, but highly limited, both in scope and in duration. And they are doing quite little to eradicate the root cause of any problem. And they wonder if it wouldn't be more efficient if companies or consumers for that matter, just contributed funds directly to charities or philanthropic causes. Because certainly the strategies that seem the most effective are those in which a company finds a way to link its core product directly to its socially responsible endeavor and also to broaden its efforts. So what do you think about the fact that companies showcasing themselves as a socially responsible companies or firms, and we have a lot of examples, especially in the last few years, they're actually marketing themselves to gain higher profits but actually inside, they're not at all following any kind of ethical practices. Yep, I think that's so important. I mean, there are a number of companies who fail to walk the talk. They say, if you look at their sustainability reports, if you look at their, um, their corporate responsibility reports, they say all these wonderful things. But if you scratch the surface, you see a very different scenario. And we call that greenwashing because it's a bit like whitewashing a situation. It's, it's, it's greenwashing it, making a company seem to be responsible when actually when you scratch the surface, it isn't. Um, I think eventually they get found out. And many of the companies that have done terrible things in the last five years had lovely corporate responsibility or sustainability re reports. So, um, you know, I, I, think, um, I, I think we need to be aware and we need to be critical consumers of information to say, where, where's the evidence for this? But, uh, and the other point that you make is about, you know, should companies giving money to charities, et cetera. Now, philanthropy is what people used to think corporate responsibility was. But we know now that it's much more about the kinds of things you talked about earlier. It's about the values and practices. It's about actually looking after stakeholders and giving them chance for dialogue. It's about how you make your money more than how you spend your money. Because there are many bad companies and bad people who give money to charity and try and buy themselves a reputation. And I'll give you one example of a company that's done that, and that is Purdue Pharmaceuticals, which manufacture opioid drugs, in particular OxyContin, 
which has led to the deaths of millions of people around the world. Now, all this company was concerned about was increasing their sales. They had no interest in the fact that they were harming, harming customers. Increasing their sales meant creating more addicts to these opioid painkillers. Um, and yet they get they were great givers of money to charity and had hospital wings named after themselves and this kind of thing. But, you know, we scratch the surface and we find a company, all they care about is selling a product that was addictive to people who died from taking it. So, so I, I think we do have to look beyond what, you know, when you give money to charity or, or, or to other philanthropic purposes, it's very, very obvious how about all the companies that are doing the right thing quietly behind the scenes and not asking for reward for it? And, and one other thing I'd like to say, and this is, this is also scratching the surface and walking the talk, question I always ask of a company is, do they pay their fair share of tax? Because if they don't pay their fair share of tax, they are not a responsible company. Okay, it might be fantastic what the money they give to charity. It might be fantastic, you know, the great, um, you know, things that they have for their employees. But if they don't pay their fair share of tax, then they are using the things that governments provide them, the hospitals, the roads, the railway systems, the court systems. They're using all of these things without paying their fair share. They're using the, the education systems of that country. Um, for, by getting educated employees. So, um, so this is another type of scratching the surface um, that, that we really should be looking at. That's quite true. That's quite true. Uh, I'm just looking at another important question because I feel from a student's perspective, uh, if I want to join any company or if I want to start a business, how to make sure that it is following or it is a responsible business. Most of the students who are listening to this podcast might also want to work in companies which are socially responsible, or they might want to start their own business following such practices in the near future, where they equally care about society and environment. So do you have any kind of advice or tips for the UNSW student community who is listening to us on Facebook Live at the moment in general, as to how can they decide? Because in business school, I study and we study both finance subjects and sustainability subjects, right? In one of the subjects, we are taught how can we increase the profitability of our company? And the others in which we are taught how can we make sure that our business is ethical? How can we have this trade-off between both these things? Mm, mm. No, look, I, th I think that's, that's a great question. And I think you're right. Many students nowadays are far more interested in making a positive difference, in working for a values-based organisation, working for an organisation that has a clear sense of purpose. And, you know, most organisations, the purpose, their purpose is not making money. They need to make money to survive. But that would be like saying our purpose is breathing. You know, we need to breathe to survive, but it shouldn't be our reason for living. And, and if you look at the great companies, they have a really strong sense of their organisational purpose. So, you know, you might want to look at a company like Patagonia, um, which makes outdoor wear, or, um, you know, in Australia, Taronga Zoo um, have a very strong sense of their purpose. Um, and so people are, are really care about that sort of thing. And, it, and as I said earlier, it attracts good employees. So I think the first thing for students to do when you're thinking about your career is think about what your purpose is. You know, what are your values? What are the things that you think are important? Um, and really, I mean, I always ask my students to keep a journal. 
and to actually spend some quiet time just thinking about what is my purpose? You know, why am I doing this study? What kind of a difference do I want to make in the world through getting this qualification and becoming this kind of person? I, I think, you know, those kinds of questions are really important. Um, and, and also questions around how you act. How does what I act fit in with the kind of purpose that I have, fit in with the values? Am I showing virtues of things like integrity and trustworthiness and um, compassion? You know, how am I actually showing that I am that type of person through my actions? And the, just reflecting on this, because often we don't take time to reflect. You know, we're given this steady diet of social media and images and information. But it's really important, I think, Sarab, to just take some time to write down in your journal you know, what, what kind of difference do I want to make? What kind of person am I becoming? And, and how does this fit in with my overall purpose? And I think if you do that, you'll be so fulfilled in your career journey. But this is always a dicey question. Like, uh, even if you have answered it, I'm sure that a lot of students, in, uh, and in fact, myself, we're still thinking as to how to solve this dilemma in our mind, because uh, whenever you graduate, you are always looking for a company. Obviously, uh, now we are looking at socially responsible companies as well, but we look for companies, you know, which can pay us better, uh, or we look for ways through which we can earn more. But how are we going to make sure that we are also keeping the ethical side on yeah. is, is a very uh, tough question to retain. What do you think on that? Look, I, I think everybody has different values that they bring to their careers. And for some people, earning, earning lots of money is the most important value. I would really encourage all of you to jump online and to do a values survey, so a career values um, survey. There's lots of free online where you can actually get a chance to think about what your values are and what's important to you. Um, if your value is earning heaps of money, that's, you know, I, I, I'm not going to question it and tell you to have different values, but I think actually spending the time to think about your values and what's important to you is the most, most important thing. Um, and it may well be that you, um, you know, if you've got the chance between um, the choice between working for a, an unethical company that pays a fortune and a more ethical company that pay, may pay less, you make that choice based on your values, um, but everybody has their own values. I think it's the reflecting on your values that counts. And I don't think it needs to be an either or question. You know, nobody's asking you to go and, and work for a pittance, um, although there will be some students who, because of their values, are quite happy to do that um, because there are other things that are more important to them. That's absolutely true, Professor Tracy. I'm also looking at if I'm getting any other questions from Facebook Live. As of now, I'm not getting. One more question, which I was coming to my mind since we know that this is the Pride Month and a lot of companies are marketing or publicizing themselves as the ones who support you know, people from different communities. And I think it's a good month for uh, the different firms to showcase that actually they respect different communities in a way that benefits the entire community. Uh, and it's not only for uh, the profits that they are working, but they are actually doing something tangible uh, for those people. Uh, do you think that 
Or what do you think on this? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's really good because, uh, you know, again, there, there might be greenwashing and a company says, oh, yes, we, we uh, do the right thing by diverse communities, the LGBTQI community, and, uh, and you know, we're, we're, we're really in favour of this, but they don't actually mean it. So you have to look at, I mean, one company I think that does mean it is Qantas, the Australian airline. Um, they have uh, have for a very long time had very inclusive employment practices. Um, they were trailblazers in doing things like allowing superannuation to be given to a same-sex partner um, and, and other company benefits. So they were one of the first to do that. Uh, more recently, when we had a marriage equality vote in Australia, um, they were out there and there was, again, nothing in it for them in terms of, you know, people weren't going to go and buy an airline ticket, but they were out there promoting marriage equality and inclusion of diversity in a really positive way. So I, I think that there are companies that are very good at doing the right thing. And, of course, they benefit because they get, um, again, they attract and retain star employees. Um, if you start excluding people, then you start losing out on the chance to have all those rich talents that a, a, device, a diverse community brings. So, yeah, so there are companies that are doing the right thing in that area. That's so excellently uh, you have put that th those points uh, professor tracy i'm just thinking before we end the podcast if you can summarize uh, on top two or three tips for the students who are listening to that uh, it will be great for them to take away that uh, when they go home they have something to retain as to what responsible business actually means and how can they apply in their businesses before we actually end this podcast Okay, that's great. So I, th I think the first thing is to think about how, how your company, how the business makes its money, not how it spends its money. So this, and that includes their supply chain practices. Um, so, and do your research on companies. So for example, in Australia, we have the Australian Fashion Report that ranks all of the fashion companies and clothing companies and footwear companies on their corporate responsibility. So do your research. Um, I, I would say know your values and know what's important to you and try and find um, an organisation that actually supports the things that are important to you. And I think if you do that, then, um, then you're starting to play your part in making a difference and making a positive world. Sure. Thank you so much, Professor Tracy. We really appreciate uh, your time. And with this, uh, since we have not got any questions coming on Facebook, we would essentially come to an end to our fifth PGC weekly podcast. And we would like to thank Professor Tracy Wilcox to take, was taking her valuable time today to join us for this podcast session. And everyone who joined us today through Zoom or Facebook Live or listening to the recorded version of the same on YouTube later on, we hope to see you at the same time. Uh, the next week, we have got a very interesting topic uh, with a new speaker. And uh, for the first time, we might you might see a different host moderating the show. So uh, there is a surprise host next week and a very interesting topic. I hope that you don't miss that. But till then, it's goodbye from my side and have a good night, everyone. Bye, everyone. And, and I've really enjoyed being here. Thank you, Saurabh. Thank you so much, Professor Tracy. Thank you.